Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a podcast aiming to encourage natural and honest discussions surrounding mental health and well-being. Grab a drink, make yourself comfortable and get ready to join in the conversation. This is an informal podcast. Think friends chatting over coffee rather than professional therapy. We will be discussing mental health issues including depression, anxiety and medication. No persons featured in the episode are mental health professionals and anyone struggling should seek medical advice. Please see the resources listed in our description. For this week's episode, I'm joined by two of my course friends, Brad and Frankie. We have a really lovely chat and cover a lot of topics, including men's mental health, relationships with our families and cancer. So if any of those topics are going to be hard for you, I would recommend not listening to this one. Thank you so much for the love on the previous podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Conversation Pod. And all three of us really hope you enjoyed this episode. Are you drinking beer? I said we needed a Bev. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm like Bev, I mean drink. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I rate it massively. I mean, I finished my cup of tea within like 10 minutes, but... I still have a mint tea, because okay. health. Because it is a thing. Science, the tactileness of having a hot drink mm. does something to your body if you're feeling anxious oh, or stressed. So scientific yeah. of you. It's, um, it, re- it? it releases a it releases a chemical in the into the blood which allows you to yeah to vasodilate in your arteries. That's practically what I said. That's pretty much word for word what I just said. Indeed, not far off. Hi guys. Hello. Introduce yourself, please. My name is Frank Elliott. Uh, I am 23. I am uh, currently living in Brighton, studying a sports journalism masters. I feel like we're on a quiz show and I've just gone, tell me about yourself, like in Pointless, when they have to do it. So who is your partner who's with you? Uh, Um, I am Bradley Page. (laughs) I'm 23 from Maidstone and I'm also doing a sports journalism master's in Brighton. Look at that. So that's how we all know each other. You've got to you've got to ask how we'd spend the prize money now. Whole, what would you do uh, if you won stage pounds. Um, we'll ask a question. Um, we... I'd probably cl- clear oh, up my own. I was going to. We could do a nice road trip of football stadiums. That'd be nice. In an F1 car. Can't really afford an F1 car on the two grand, can we? But we could give it a go. <laughs> we could yeah, rent, it for, rent it for a day. Rent it for a day. One of those. <laughs> that sounds. Cheap. So romantic. Do you want me to just leave you two to just plan your Yeah, the only issue is, is I've realised an F1 car only has one seat, so I don't know. I don't think that'll be a problem for the two of you. Hang on, just come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can make it work. So we're going to talk about mental health, because what, what else would you rather do on a Wednesday evening? So I did that Instagram poll. Was it last week? And one of the questions I asked was, do you think more needs to be done specifically for men's mental health? And like 97% of people, I think, said yes. You know, the reason I want to chat to you guys about it is it's very easy for me to draw conclusions on things. But unless you're, you're a part of a problem, you can't really comment about it. And so that's why I want to get loads of different people who all have different things and have different experiences to just let them talk about it because it shouldn't just be one person's voice in as much or as little detail as you feel comfortable giving do you have any experiences of mental health stuff and did you find it harder being a guy like did you talk to people about it do you talk to people about it 
do you feel comfortable with it? I think I've got two kind of like sides of my mental health journey, which sounds a bit fancy, but growing up like through school through sixth form and like the beginning years of university my issues were fully just social anxiety it was never really spoken about but my friends kind of accepted it never really pushed it but there was no conversation about it and that kind of just carried on and um then 2019 i had a really rough year health wise family wise and then that social anxiety turned into i guess um the doctor said it would would be depression but i bottled out of talking to the doctor um then there was a change in my friendship group where we became very open about it because i needed some people to talk to because i couldn't keep it up in my head and ever since then the last like two years it's been such an open thing in my group about talking about it what do you mean when i'm going to take you back by social anxiety because I think a lot of yeah, people there was a, there was a lot there <laughs> yeah I mean let's unpack some of that I um, know <laughs> I think social anxiety is is a really interesting one because I have a lot of people who would probably say they have it and would probably say oh there are certain situations where I feel really anxious but I think there's a difference between saying certain situations make me feel a bit anxious and saying actually I think I have social anxiety and it, it, do you think that's because there are you know situations where perhaps you shouldn't have felt anxious and you were like actually you know these are people that I'm really comfortable with in a place that I'm familiar with and I still feel like this is that how it was yeah so the the latter version was exactly me I was with my friends that I was friends with for years we'd go to a pub where I've been to plenty of times before and I should feel I should be feeling really comfortable and with all my friends that I love but I'm so hyper aware of everybody around me that I'm not even paying attention to what they're saying because I feel like everybody else is just staring at me and judging me and it just made me not want to be there. So I didn't really. I just kind of bottled out and tried to avoid situations as much as I could. Did any of them pick up on it if you were feeling like that when you were there or did you just come across as perhaps a bit quiet or sometimes did you overcompensate? You know, when you try and be like really yeah. loud and like really in something so that people are like, well, obviously they're fine. Um, no, I think I was just quite the naturally quiet, um, not really spoken, not really speaking to them, spoken to type of person. So I wouldn't join a conversation unless I felt like I had something to say. So I kind of just sat there and no one really commented. Wow. So how old were you then? Like? seven I don't know how many years ago you said but is that like 17 18 uh yeah about that um it was probably sixth form going into like yeah. second year to the end of seventh second year of uni where it was just bad like I didn't my social life in uni was non-existent because I couldn't go out or do anything like that so it's quite debilitating then yeah yeah it's a, ma- it's a massive time that though isn't it I think the biggest struggle is that jump from six foot. I think you get two, you get lucky for all of us, you get two in one go. You get the jump into sixth form or college where you, I don't know how it works for you guys, but for where I'm from, it was you get to start wearing your own clothes. And obviously, there's more opportunities to be served in pubs and go out more regularly. And you just, yeah, it start, you start to have to really 
announce yourself to a lot of people in a more it seems like school becomes a more public place I don't know how that felt and I think that brings a lot of opportunities but also a lot of worries and you know insecurities and then you after you go through that whole two years as well as having to study for you know however many a levels or, or, or courses you are doing you then get thrown into a, you know taken away from all those people that you know uh, known for years into a completely new environment you know miles away from home and you're I don't know how you felt but you're told it's meant to be the best years of your life like oh yeah. you'll, lo- you'll love oh my you. god I yeah was, I was forced that down my throat before I went you love it like it's the best years god I wish I was back then now yeah. and I would sit there in January of first year being like I'm it must be me because I'm not I'm not sitting yeah. here going like yeah ra- you know relishing every day yeah. being like god this is so brilliant so yeah, yeah. I'd say come on and see where you're so the, many people like that throughout the whole of my uni experience like me and my friends would all be like do you regret doing this and we'd be like a little bit yeah when you're at school you're all trying so hard to fit in yeah and Mm -hmm. you know be good at everything because you have to do all these subjects and like don't know about you guys but I did like every extracurricular thing possible because I was like I have to find like my thing and then it's like you leave school and then you go to college or like college for me was, I hated college. I had two years and I didn't have a sick form. So I went somewhere else and I just hated it because I felt there was so much pressure for me to like find my thing. And for like, you know, that's when you can really express yourself. And same thing with uni, but you go away and people are like, this is your time to be the best version of you. And you're like, actually, I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm doing. I mm. don't know what I like, like. I don't like some of these people and suddenly we're all meant to get along and, and that just doesn't happen. No. But there's just frame that like, yeah, you will go and you meet these people and have the most amazing experience, which I struggle with because I am one of those people. Like I will say that my undergrad was the three best years of my life. Like I absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, but I have so many friends who who just did not. And I think part of it is luck probably with who you find but yeah, I think absolutely. a lot of it is to, to do with your course, is to do with where you go. And I think there are so, so many factors that will contribute to your experience. Obviously a very um, personal thing. You, you can't like make a holistic approach to what uni is. But I I left and I was like, like you, I enjoyed it. Like it was, I, I ended up enjoying it. It took me a while to get there, but I did. And then I, I look back at it being like, that was great. But I'm not, it's not yeah. like I'm in a, in a position now where I'm like, God, I hate where I am now. I wish I was back there. I just, I think, I think one of the key things I've always, for me, with, with the idea of looking back at the past and especially at uni is with a lot of my friends is that it's important just to like, you know, try and remember like that you've, A, a we're still very, very young and B, that also, and that also like, you know, to look back at it and like almost wish that you were there. Like it's, you, you're not going to be there. You can't be there. And like, just trying to be positive as positive as you can about the here and now because like you can find so much more you can find so much joy in that and I spent a lot of time worrying like at uni the first year I think being like god I need to make the most of this because I'm not going to get this opportunity again it's like if you do that in every stage of your life you'll just never really actually embrace the moment and be like yeah god I'm really enjoying this actually and like if this ends tomorrow then so be it I wouldn't go and enjoy something else but you know life doesn't work like that don't get me wrong but um yeah. I think the idea that a lot of people I, I I think I hope when 
I don't know, the next generation of kids or like the generation after us that go to uni go with a bit more advice of being like, uni is great fun, but like be be aware that these things can happen. Like yeah. because don't be don't be don't be scared or worried or um feeling it's a problem with you if you are a year, two years almost graduating, you're like, I hate this. I'm yeah. uh, because you're certainly not alone. And I yeah. felt that with a lot of people that I've spoken to yeah. about uni and also that it's not for everyone and that's okay like in my school and in my college it was kind of you know they didn't mean it to be but it was either you go to uni and further your education or you're just not really good enough and that's fine get a job and do practical work but it was a real sort of stigma thing where I had some friends who were you know they were really really good at certain thing and they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they didn't want to go to uni and that had never been part of their game plan but then when they did college and then they were like oh fuck well, I feel like it's kind of expected that I'm gonna do it so then they went and ended up doing a subject they didn't enjoy were there for like six months got really depressed and then were like okay I'm gonna drop out and went back home and it's like well that's you know it's a waste of money and it's like really harmful because you've kind of been built up to to fail yeah I think I think that's six one biggest issue I think is the pressure they put on people to think that they have to go to uni and make a decision because it's yeah. vital because it's, it's pretty not because yeah. I think the key that what they should be teaching is that do something you love that is yeah. the thing they should be ramming home from the minute you walk in the school gates as a child to the minute you leave is like obviously the idea of working hard I get the absolute that's important but find something especially that later stage that you really love doing and you know embrace it and work hard at it rather than being like you know the red brick universities like these certain academic courses so you should study those and it's like well, and i remember people being like yeah. oh, i need to do these courses like do you need to or do you like the, i remember the, um, going back a long way like year nine like you have to do a language it's like oh I'm, my god yeah I mean? like and i had so i didn't do one but like i had a lot of friends like yeah i did french because it looks better than the cv it's like yeah but are you actually enjoying it like is there any part like if you want to learn french brilliant great that's such a great thing to do but if you don't don't feel like you have to yeah there's the whole thing with the um what was it i think it was called the english baccalaureate when we were at school yeah which is when you had to do either like in my school i wanted to do I was a drama kid, obviously, and I wanted to do drama and music. And there was this real thing of like, well, no, you can't do one of those. You need to do geography or history in order to get this English baccalaureate. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So I ended up doing history, which like I enjoyed it. It was fine. But then I didn't do drama and then I massively lost confidence with it. And then I went to sixth form and because I did music and I did some like musical theory things. And I felt massively out of place because I was like, oh, my God, I'm so underqualified. Oh, my God, I'm so much less confident. I'm so much worse, blah, blah, blah. Because I dropped a subject which I enjoyed to pick up something which I thought would make me look more clever on paper. And then they ended up scrapping the whole thing anyway. And we're yeah. like, oh, it's not needed anymore. And I'm like, well, what, was, what was the point? Like, you literally helped to, like, frame who I am as a person. It's, like, such a shitty way. Yeah. Well, I, I did the... Oh, me and you, um, I think we're in the same year group. Um, we, like my my school, my year group was the only year that did the baccalaureate. So like it got introduced yeah. for us, and then as soon as it, as soon as we like chose our things, they were like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. So you, yeah. like we, no one else needed to do it anyway. So it was such Con- a pointless thing to do. Health anxiety, and I think that's an interesting one, Brad. Um, no details needed but I think especially at the minute it's a massive thing 
for people obviously with covid like it's huge and i know a lot of friends who wouldn't say they have it but definitely do mm. and i think yeah. it's an, an interesting thing to talk about in terms of how it like what happens how it affects you uh just constantly constantly worried like it's like a background voice kind of but like all the time yeah it's always there it's never like it never turns off always just a worry that's really hard yeah (laughs) so was that during the period where you didn't you and your friends weren't like at the stage you are now where you're like really really open with each other um no so the reason I say that my university wasn't my university experience wasn't that good so third year of uni a week before I started I got diagnosed with cancer and then a week after I finished third year I got the all clear so the whole health anxiety comes from thinking it's coming back yeah it's always on my mind like any lump I get I'm like shit like yeah and people will be like oh yeah but it's fine like it'll be okay but that doesn't compute in my head no what's the worst what's the worst thing that someone could say to you or that someone has said what's like the line where you're like genuinely never speak to me again um we we got a few of them but um, okay what's the um, what's the best one well no just people saying like oh it'll be fine is the worst thing it will be fine yeah you want someone to be like it's shit I know it's shit, but we'll get through that. Yeah. So, like, recognising what something is rather than instantly trying to fix it. Yeah. I think that's a pretty universal thing that people need to learn. Yeah. For for someone like yourself, what do you find, because health anxiety is such a massive thing, and I think it recently the I remember the term being changed because the hypochondriac is the one that was always yeah. stigma, stigmatised with health anxiety. What do you find the best support to be from friends and and families and and people in your lives when you are feeling anxious um just someone to air everything in my head just just like kind of just a quite selfishly unload on someone i like i've got good friends who like they've been with been with me for years so they will just listen and just like specifically some people who will just not be judgmental and that that's something that is so vital i think yeah mm. like just having someone to go this is everything that's in my head i don't expect you to do anything with it yeah but here it is i think the key thing is though and i i i, I think people are willing to listen but i think there's a lot of people that don't understand the art of just listening because yeah. from what brad says i what i can gather is it's easier said than done just to listen because I don't think people are aware that it will sound like they're asking for help because they are venting and therefore if you hear a problem you just want to instantly fix it it. um so it's really sometimes they can hit you with some pretty hard-hitting stuff and it's really difficult to be like i got that sounds so severe i need to really fix it yeah so like just to be able to listen like sounds like oh great i just sit there and not have to say anything fantastic it's like it doesn't quite work yeah. like that um, it's something i've definitely learned that because i i definitely used to be that person like brad would have hated me 100%. a couple of years oh, ago yeah, yeah. Same. i 
I just saw myself as a like a fixer and I was like wow someone's telling me something I need to make it better it is on me personally now to improve this person's life yeah and actually like that's a really shitty way of thinking <laughs> and you, you can have the best intentions in the world but you can end up making someone feel considerably worse because you're almost like sometimes I worry that I, I undermined people's situations by merely thinking that what I said could have any positive impact and that actually it's okay to know what I'm saying isn't going to help. There is nothing I can say here that is going to improve this situation. That just by being here, it, it does help it. So sometimes less is is definitely more. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not only just being there to talk, but they need to also. Well, I found it so useful that they would speak about it, and it wouldn't be serious. Like we would actively joke about it, which to outsiders in our group they would go what the hell like you're, <laughs> joking, you're joking about cancer but you like, are that is just my dicks. group that is just my group we were like joking so, about me dying like and yeah. it was that was the norm and I needed that I needed to normalize it yeah that's yeah normalize it did yeah. um I'm sorry was it is did you change friendship groups or was it just the same friendship group but you all sort of opened yeah, up yeah it your... was it was the same group pretty much but um I grew closer to some people got rid of some people within the group so like the core group of friends are the ones that I have now and they were the ones who were going through it with me um I kind of forced it upon them but I was just like I just told them what I was feeling because I needed to yeah mm. I don't think you should see it's forcing it upon them I think yeah, that's they exactly. Had, they had no choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's oh, what friends God's are for. Sake, Brad, we were having such a good time until you, you came. Fucking in bring up cancer fight. again. What are you playing oh, at? Shame. Honestly, <laughs> we did down the mood. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. Who's coming out tonight? Well, the uh, Brad's coming. Oh, oh fuck's sake! <laughs> we're gonna have to bring up our feelings. Are we all ready for that? Okay. <laughs> it's so good though. Like it's so. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any of the things which I know you'll hate. Uh, like I'm not gonna say it's commendable, and I will not use the B word of brave because I can imagine that's a real trigger word. Sure? But like, it's just cool. Like it's cool to be able to talk about something which people don't like talking about in a way that's like comfortable. Because like the more stigma and stuff, the more you put on something, the scarier it gets. And I think something like cancer, like that happens. Just death generally. Like I wrote an article on death yesterday. Mm. Um, you know, just really wow. helping to lift my anxiety. And um, but I was like, people don't like talking about it. Like people get really, really uncomfortable and almost sort of well, not almost, they really shy away from something that they don't have control over. And also that they think they might say the wrong thing. I think that is also a massive thing of why people don't want to talk about mental health. One, because they, you know, will try and fix people or, you know, give advice that isn't great. And sometimes that's rightfully so, because sometimes people will say the wrong thing. But then that's also the fear of saying the wrong thing stops people from saying anything at all, which is sometimes worse. So I feel like it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way. I think that, but I think one of the big things, and I'm going to go back to school, I know this is quite a big point to make but I think one of the big things I mean I remember learning in PSHE about um for years about like drugs and sex and all those fun things that you have to learn one Love of the big it. things one of the big things that I never learned was like not only about 
mental health but also like how to be able to talk about it you know because like it's easy i feel it's easy just to be like we need to talk about it more but it's like how do you do it successfully isn't it's a completely different ball game because like i i've never really been in a situation myself where i've had any um mental health experiences or any issues but i've been in a lot of situations where i've been the person listening and i know i've fucked up so many times and that's because i'm like i'm not aware of what i need, you know what is yeah. the best, what is the best course of action and like it can be very it can also be if you don't know what you're doing it can be very deteriorating as well to your own self because you're like you're stressing out that you're not giving the best help you can therefore it can have an its own impact as well in a very negative way and i feel like one of the big things as long as well as a greater need to be feel comfortable in talking is just like people being aware of like how how best to approach it because you know in like in the situation with brad if it's just like oh um we should talk about it more and brad starts talking to me saying i don't know i'll just be like oh don't worry about it it's fine because i wouldn't know because i'd be like well I just, he just needs to hear that you know he just needs some reassurance that he's actually okay or it's like that just doesn't help and therefore you know you're back at square one almost in yeah. in, in some ways you've got it absolutely right like it's not just saying encourage the conversation it's how can we construct a healthy conversation which is going to be mutually beneficial for the person who wants to help and the person who needs the help and I think learning like how to help is you know I've had a lot of experience of people who will think they're being really really helpful my favorite is the uh, tough love approach which I've been given before by certain people in my life who should have been the most important people in my life and who should have had my absolute best interest at heart and would say I'm just I'm giving you tough love because I care about you like you need to snap out of it now like come on mm-hmm. and I'm like actually hindsight is a great thing that's a really shitty thing to say and at the time I was like oh well it's you know it's coming from a place of care it's blah 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 but I'm like, actually like no I should have at the time gone I understand you're trying to care about me but that's not quite the right approach can we like can you do this instead but I didn't like I just I just stay quiet because I was like I, I don't know I don't want to give them another problem I don't want to say actually your help isn't the help I need because at least they're trying it's just having the complete opposite effect I think that they want it to have and you know I wasn't in a place where I wanted tough love I was in a place where I wanted to be told that it's okay to feel rubbish like feel whatever you need to feel and that I'll be here that you know that was it I didn't want to hear you need to be fixed and I'm going to help fix you because you can't do that no you also can't put that no but also like no one should have that you can't put that kind of burden on someone else you can't give someone else your mental health and expect them to be able to do anything about it because that in itself is so harmful Mm. to the other person and like the amount of things it's kind of become a trope now that like you know you see younger people and stuff gets thrown around like oh yeah my my ex-partner said that they would hurt themselves if I left them or things like that and you see it in like tv and things as well and I'm like that's so so harmful on so many levels but to like to put your those kind of burdens on someone Mm. is just not not okay and it's kind of not become normalized but I I hear it a lot more and I think that's really worrying yeah and so I agree with you that if at school they'd been able to say 
if you're worried about someone or if someone says this to you, here are some things you can do. Here are some things you should say or here are some people that will know what to do. So go to them because yeah. they're the people actually that we all need to listen to because none of us have got a fucking clue what we're doing. So go to these people who have spent their life like looking into mental health and psychology and they will be able to give the great advice. Not some PSHE teacher who has no experience of mental health and is going, just tell people it will be okay. Because also, it won't. Yeah, and also to brace yourself for some, like I say, you, you, you might hear some pretty heavy stuff. In, in one case, you might hear someone say, God, I want to kill myself. Like that, yeah. that is a very reasonable, not reasonable, it's a very, um, it could very much happen. Yeah. And it's being like, this could easily happen to one of your friends. They could easily come to you and say this. If it happens, this is what we suggest you do. Because yeah. because like it's easy to say to talk, but like what you know, in the situation when that happens, a lot of people obviously would panic. Of course they would, because yeah. you know, you're, of what it's worrying, it's scary. And the more educated you are on like how best to help by, you know, not cause not doing too much harm by, you know, thinking you're helping. Yeah. It, it would I think it it moves the conversation on a long way right because at the moment i feel it's almost stuck in a bit of a circle being like we need to talk more we need to talk more get it open it's like okay how do we do it like that's yeah. that's the next big step i think and i'm glad yeah. that so many important things are happening and i've uh, you know a lot of major uh, organizations i know you know, i'm going to drag it back into football but they did prince william's work within um yeah. the fa has been incredible and i've uh, some really personal stories have come out and made it feel a lot more acceptable i think for football change rooms that i've played in and also i've seen in, at the professional level as well they've moved a long way away from where they were so yeah i think like i say in terms of that structure i think it's a big step in helping a lot of people um start that conversation and make it a, a successful one i think that a big part of it is like mental health within uni how were your universities when it came like towards like the mental health talk like were they actually good or like did they even tell you anything um uni of nottingham i i can't really fault them um but i was one of those people that i i had a lot of issues um, but I was like, I don't need help. Like, it's, I'm not one of those people. You know, I was like that. I was like, I don't need, like, medical help. So the I refused to go to counselling. I refused to get, like, a support plan. I refused to do any of the things which I absolutely should have done. And then I did end up, I went to the GP. So, like, we've got, our, like, GP on campus, which was great. I yeah like they they were solid and they had some like mental health professional GPs because obviously it's a big deal for a lot of students so I did speak to them quite a few times but there was I mean there was so much support on offer at uni there really was and I I realized that's probably not the case with with every uni and I think especially at the minute loads of them are, are massively to fault because it's no secret that it's incredibly underfunded there's no secret that there aren't enough staff um but we did have like, you know, the, the SU constantly telling us that there are helplines, there are nightlines, there are email lines, there are chat rooms, there are there's counselling within the uni, there's counselling within the GP, there's counselling within Nottingham City Centre. And like, you know, I, I, I genuinely can't fault them. Um, but I know a lot of cases where that hasn't that hasn't been it. And a lot of people have fallen through the cracks and things which people should have picked up on, you know, it's blindingly obvious that you know if someone wasn't attending lectures for a whole term 
like you need to check in with them and yeah. and sometimes it's it's just not good enough what was it like for you brad at your uni um it was kind of difficult um like i told all of the relevant people about my situation and it was calm but they never really reached out i just had one really good lecturer who was my lecturer for geography throughout the whole year and he in nicest says force fed me all of the information just so i can do all of my assignments to do all of my exams like without him i would have been completely in the mud so i think i think i kind of got lucky just from having one lecturer who actually seemed to care sometimes Everyone that's what it takes yeah, though it's, it's like one person who gets it and's like okay what can i do and provide you with that support that you need yeah. And you graduated as well, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Not first, didn't you? Yeah. That's my first Get absolute shame. Fucking Jeez. Man. My Instagram caption was going to be, um, beat cancer, got a first. It <laughs> should have been. I went with the more sentimental <laughs> caption. But sorry, yeah. what was that like? That must have been an amazing feeling. I don't know. Like, the problem I had is, like, you hear cancer stories, like, all over the place, and they're like, oh, like, I beat cancer and I did this or I I'd done that I never had that and I always felt bad because I felt like I needed something like that and I felt like I kind of failed because I didn't do something miraculous I just kind of was like oh cool I mean you, did I in know, a way. you could be like oh yeah but you, you did beat cancer but I'm like oh, yeah I don't know has COVID caused any different feelings or has it made these like feelings that you sort of controlled now go out of control or what's been your Uh, whole process with that because i sorry i I don't mean to pry but are you high risk yes so i've been shielding all this time pretty much i don't know i think it's i think it's kind of been good for me because it's given me time to kind of just think and get over stuff which i think i needed and i know the the shitty emotional platitude of our time heals but like it it does like because it's i've got over it now pretty much so i can talk about it quite freely a year ago was nowhere near the case sorry as in you you wouldn't feel comfortable talking about anything anything anything. about no not really no no we're not to my friends yes to but i would never like a year ago i wouldn't be to people like don't really go go bt dubs have cancer (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's not it's it's not something you you would just drop in conversation no. i think if you didn't know the company no. unless i mean oh, unless yeah. i wanted to be a dick uh, i've done that a few times at work <laughs> have you uh, it has its privileges then i mean you've kind of <laughs> got to take the wins from it like if it's going to give you something yeah. like take it when, win, an, um, win an argument and whatnot when yeah the, um, the first lockdown ended i went back to work after like a month and a half of shielding for that extra bit and um, people would come be like, oh, where have you been like skiving off work? And I'm like, well, it's not my fault. I'm high risk because I had cancer. And they're like, <gasps> and I'm like, yeah. What do people do? They're, like, they're just like, like uh, uh, uh. Oh, I'm like, sorry. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Like, it's, it's the worst time to try that joke. Like, they're in, around a pandemic. Like, you don't know. Like, if someone's taking yeah. time off work, like, that joke needs to be held until you know all the information because otherwise you yeah. end up with egg on your face. Like, in that, in that situation. <laughs> You've both said about how 
well, Frankie, especially about how you think it needs to change and how um, Brad said about how you've seen the change almost in the conversation, taking it back now to men's mental health. So I have always felt, I'd say, comfortable with not like talking about it generally, but with my family, my friends, like my closest friends, we are very, very open about everything. And I think that was incredibly important to me because in a time where I tried to shut myself off, they kind of didn't let me because they knew me well enough to go, we know you're lying. It's okay that you're lying. Tell us what you want to tell us, but we're here. And they would constantly say that. What are your guys' experiences of that? Do you have you found differences when you were, you know, at school or at college or uni or growing up where, you know, you're in a group of lads and someone wants to have a conversation about something like that? How, how does that go? Do you think there are those stigmas still attached to it, like toxic masculinity wise, or do you think it's changing? I think, uh, again, I speak from a very privileged position. I've been very lucky in the fact that I have a friendship group that is sort of fairly open with those discussions. Um, so I, I think I think the main thing that I um, find difficult is the discussions of people in my family who are older than myself. So my dad and um, people like my, like my grandparents as well. Um, I feel that as much as like my dad and me literally look like we're, you know, cut from the same piece of cloth, you know, got look the same, same laugh, same interests. Um, but it's that classic father-son thing, I feel, of um, when it comes to talking about other th things other than football and music, you it starts to feel awkward. And I feel awkward in myself. And it's not anything he's doing because I, I know he cares awfully and he doesn't mind having the conversation but it's just I think it's just the idea of that like you you both feel you both have that tension in your body when you're talking and it's like it's not even something that you're both doing that's not like I'm criticizing myself or you know or my dad at all because like like I say if I said anything that was personal he wouldn't more than be happy to help but sometimes it's just this idea that we're two guys talking about sport and um you know and music like i say and our interests that are you know just our interests of them i didn't feel comfortable mentioning i had a girlfriend to him when i first did and feel comfortable talking to him about any struggles i felt with uni at the start because i was just like i don't know how to have this conversation that was only one example but for the rest of you know the rest of my social groups and family i feel a lot more comfortable doing that whereas i think a lot of people have that relationship with not only their parents but with a lot of their friends as well because they hear stuff like oh don't be a pussy oh you know come on do this like I remember I think the big thing I learned from university in that sense of bringing it full circle was this in first year the thing I didn't love was this idea of like you have like down it you know going to a bar and being like do this fresher down this fresher and it's like yeah. and then people like feeling the need to do it and if they didn't they'd be booed and they'd be seen as someone that you know guy's not downing a pint would be seen as like a bad thing and I think it's a small thing and it doesn't affect everyone but like for the person it does it's a small cog in the thing that creates this unease about talking about it to people that are they at university they've just met for instance or with their close friends because they don't want to be seen as weak there is a massive uh, associations with weakness and masculinity and yeah. the emotional availability and vulnerability equates to a less of masculinity when like i can't believe like that that's still a thing I think the important thing that I had was that 
I had an like a close group of friends that I could trust and I knew that they were dependable if I didn't have that I don't think I would have been able to cope as well as I did that makes me sound like I coped well uh, but <laughs> like if I didn't if I didn't have like I think you need those close relationships to be able to start breaking down the walls of being able to talk to people I'm I'm really close with my family but they all have their own issues so I felt like I couldn't say mine because I didn't want to pass like my issues onto them when they're obviously dealing with their own I found that hard because I'd be home from uni and I felt like I needed to talk to someone but I didn't really want to pass my issues when I knew that they were struggling in themselves yes I had cancer but I know that affects other people as well I know that my mum was just as worried like yeah so like, it's hard it, it felt hard um so it, it wasn't really brought up in my family but I remember like I had one conversation um with my granddad like we was going through a treatment it was just me and him in the house it was like when you were saying you were talking to your dad Frankie that it just felt awkward like there was like the boundaries were always like kind of built up a little bit and then out, out of nowhere it was just me and him in the house and he was just like I'm pretty scared for you and I'm like yeah I'm fucking shitting it right now mm. like just like something like that where you just like breaks down that barriers and you could just talk quite freely the thing I had and I think my dad's learned it is he would in his level of care he would ask lots of questions and those questions mm. would make me feel very uncomfortable because it's like you feel like it's on the draw like quickly give me an answer how do you feel yeah. what's going on it's like when I broke up with my um, long-term girlfriend he obviously was you know worried for me because obviously it it was very like hard experiences it's for everyone and um his first approach was just to ask loads of questions and I just I want I wanted to ask the thing is I didn't want to answer them because I wanted to tell him but I just felt so uncomfortable because I didn't really have it clear in my own head and therefore I got very stressed out and then eventually with less questioning and just over a natural conversation when we were watching tv I felt more comfortable to talk about it and therefore I hope because I've got my sister as well who's um slightly younger than me and she has gone through a, a lot of difficult experiences and I think again my dad has a lot of care for her and has realized that the hard questioning approach just it you know he's I feel I feel a, a lot of love for him because he, he I think he's having to learn very quickly for people who are a lot younger than him that this approach of like with Emily was saying, you know, that sort of tough love and also that, come on, you can do this and like questioning to find out so you can understand it better yourself. It's just, it doesn't work. It might work in sub for some people, but it didn't work for us. And that those, I've just like letting people speak is the big thing, I think, when they're yeah. ready. And, and um, it's, it's never a question of like, I can, you know, forcing them to talk about it because that just makes it worse in my yeah. opinion. Questions are always hard because a lot of the time when it's stuff like this, like you don't have an answer. You know, if you've broken up from a long-term relationship and someone's like, oh, how are you feeling? You're like, well, obviously yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, like there is no no answer I give you is going to feel like the right answer. So you end up not wanting to say anything. Because yeah. if you told them what you're actually thinking, they'd be like, oh, fuck now. All right. Yeah. Won't ask next time. I, yeah, I wish I didn't ask. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. like, so don't ask. Or ask a kind of different question. Like, yeah. I think a lot of it is to do with the framing of it. Um, Absolutely. Like, if someone would say, oh, um, like, something I would I would say to my friends who have been through some really, really shitty things, and I would always just be like, what do you need from me? 
like what what do you need because then I was like balls in your court here like I'm here what do you need and sometimes they would go I like need company so I'd be like right okay I'll be around in a couple of minutes sometimes they'd be like I just need to be on my own and you're like okay or they might need to chat someone they might not need to chat someone but might in the future if you're there but I think yeah that kind of throwing questions and sometimes going full force is not ideal but like you say if you don't know then you're not going to know yeah I mean that's the thing I've like like I say I, I feel like I'm more coming from a perspective of being on the um helping side rather than the suffering yeah and obviously you have to learn on the job basically because you make so many mistakes as we're you will do we're human and yeah um it's because and to to help in that process so people don't feel um I guess out of their depth with with situations like because like you know there's people yeah. that we all care about go we all go through very difficult moments and some people can approach those tough moments with the oh it's okay these tough moments come about I'll be you know the sun will shine again and that's brilliant but a lot of people can't and if you're yeah. one of those people that sees it very positively and, and your your partner or your one of your siblings or your parents or your friends don't like okay how do I what's the best way to approach this because if I go oh this is what how I deal with it then you're probably yeah. not helping and so I think getting to know people knowing what their boundaries are and knowing what how they want to talk about things is so important and if someone's going through something you've got to bounce off them so like Brad I can imagine like when you were going through some shitty things you know your friends like you learned very quickly what the boundaries were and what wasn't wasn't okay to joke about and you're like well, we, oh. we pushed the boundaries a few times <laughs> but like they're your boundaries do you know what I mean? so they're like fine because you set them yeah. but if someone else yeah. came in as a randomer and just blurted something out oh yeah it wasn't okay like, yeah you'd be like my, actually my, no my friendship group was also good where i'd go through periods i'm like yeah we can joke about this and then um when when they had issues as well we'd be like okay cancer is a no-go subject for a few days and it would be spoke about for ages if then i'd be like yeah okay we can talk about it now i'm like all of my group have had issues and we've all always been quite like that we're going yeah we don't talk about this now and if you do you're like no apologize (laughs) yeah i think laughing helps so we're just not taking yourself too seriously yeah because life is shitty sometimes and there is no point sugarcoating it and sometimes like if you just stopped and if i think my problem is if i think about things too much or if i thought about the reality of something too much it would be very very easy for me to spiral really quickly so i have to kind of step back from it and look at it from a different perspective and go wow that's fucking terrible what a shambles and you know that that kind of humor almost creates some distance from it i massively agree with that idea of like being able to because like you say if you think about the gravity of a situation or the how shit a moment is like yeah it can really spiral because yeah it can seem the end of the world and yeah that ability or is or trying to just either step back or um laugh about it or you know not even even just push it back and think about something else like trying just to really distance it even if it doesn't feel important can make you feel okay i can you know i can i can cope i can try and cope with this because otherwise I'll just let this thing overtake me. It's <laughs> genuinely, this is the closest I've ever got to therapy. Because <laughs> I wouldn't go. 
Did you ever have therapy, Brad? Um, I tried two or three times and I never got to the stage where I went because whether it was the place I was going wasn't good or I just felt like I didn't need it. I felt I was not too good for it, but I just like it wouldn't it wasn't going to help me. Um, The idea of talking to a stranger about all of my problems freaks me out because why do I want them knowing like they don't know me like why do they why should I tell them all the stuff in my head like if I'm not going to tell like my closest people why should I tell a stranger see I'm like the polar opposite of you like I would much rather sit in a room with someone who doesn't know me and tell them all the weird shit in my head and tell them my deepest darkest things than to sit with like my childhood best friend or my brother and like two people who know me inside out and tell them it. I think I would rather talk to someone who I'm like, well, I have no consequence in your life and you have none in mine. Here's all of my shit. I guess Take that's it. the big thing about mental health and dealing with it is that it's so different for so like for other yeah. people. Like what works for me is not gonna work for you and or you, frankly. Like we all have our different ways of coping, we all have our ways of going about it. There's yeah. no set way. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like the key thing that you always hear when someone says that they're struggling is, have you told your mum or have you told your dad? And if yeah. someone has been able to do that, fantastic. And that's great. And if, you know, that close family thing is brilliant. But they shouldn't, I think there shouldn't be a pressure to feel that you should have a great relationship with your parents to be able to talk about this. Like no. the idea that, you know, there's a lot of people who have, distant relationships or you know problems in their family lives and they shouldn't feel that that that's the like the cutting off for them it like there can be it can be a close friend or it can be a colleague at work I know a lot of people that have felt that they love being at work because they feel they can escape from their life and talk to people about it because yeah they don't really know them as well and like that's and that works for them and if it can also just be someone that you know like say like said the uni situation it can be a lecturer it could also be just a you know your next door neighbor in your halls you don't know where it might be and if whatever works for you don't feel that it has to be something that is a close if it is a close friend or family member like I say that's brilliant and you know I guess it's more likely in inverted commas but it can come in so many you know people can surprise you and it and, you know yeah. life works in so many different ways and it's just about what works for you as the, as the yeah. key matters there it's that perfect thing of like there is no right way of doing with it there's no like handbook on like you have shitty mental health. Here are the people to talk to. This is what you should do to feel better, and then it will work. Like it, it's a maze of failed therapy and failed medication, and not being able to talk to people, and then feeling great and being able to talk to everyone, and then suddenly not feeling great and not being able to talk to anyone. And like, yeah, there's no clear path. There's no right and wrong. There's no people you have to speak to. I think one of the the most lovely things I felt about because I it was a big jump for me to come on a master's course in a pandemic because like I haven't really <laughs> since I've been here there's been two lockdowns I've barely I've been to the pub for a month I haven't really experienced Brian as what I wanted to but one of the and the course has been difficult for various reasons but one of the things I've loved I came from a course at undergrad where there was 300 people on it and so you were very much a small a very very small fish in a massive pond yeah and i come onto this one and i think there's about nine or ten of us in sports journalism 
It may be, yeah, and then like, I think there's 20, eight, eight sorry, eight and there's, there's, tw there's 21 overall yeah. in the news journalism and the sports journalism. And to, I didn't make a, like, it sounds like the small violins coming here, but I didn't make a single friend on my undergrad because it was too big. Like, I couldn't yeah. form any connections. Whereas here, I've, you know, without actually, I've never met Brad in person per se, but I've made, a, I've enjoyed every moment that I've spent chatting with him. Oh. Guy. But like, and same with Ant, I think Ant's a great person. Um, obviously yourself, Em, has been brilliant. But I, the course I'm doing is Buddhism, and yeah. it's the weirdest moment I had, and it sounds so small, right? But I came in to, I think, week two for one of the lectures, and I had a conversation with Ant before anyone else had come in. And I was like, oh my God, I've actually like formed like some sort of bond. And it's really helped because we've all been going through this at home and it can feel really scary because you're being set all this work and you feel like you're just, it's only being set for you. You're in this, your bedroom and it's like, this one person has just set you all this work and it's like, you have to do it. And then feeling that I can speak to you guys and various other people in the course who are so both incredibly like, thoughtful and intelligent but also on the same wavelength of you it's just really that yeah. that togetherness has been such a massive part of why i've enjoyed the seven months of chaos that we've all oh, been going through i can practically see brad blushing right now yeah if you're on a massive course and you and that you don't have that close yeah. small, small group thing that uni, uni can very much feel like is you there is someone sitting in that lecture hall just like you who is not getting that lecture it's gone straight over the head who feels that that essay doesn't really connect with them they have no idea what they're doing because i don't think i've ever been in a situation in a working environment where someone's been like oh i don't know what i'm doing everyone's been like loser because it's it, it doesn't work the way you are you know you are not yeah. alone in these situations and, and it, it works in different so. ways but n never feel like you are being stupid for asking a question or asking for help even at you know if you're in a job that you've been in for years and you feel like you need a hand with something you, you know asking for that help is not the not going to see you as a weaker person it really yeah. isn't nothing is too small or no. too insignificant i have one question for you both Go on. and i was going to tell you this before we started but i didn't want you to like overthink it because i wanted your actual reaction Oh, so there's no right or wrong answer. You both look panicked as hell. What would you tell your 17-year-old self regarding anything to do with mental health or anything to do with your uni experience or like, you know, you can be as specific or as general as you want. What would be the one piece of advice you would tell? For example, mine would probably be in, in a week's time, it's not going to matter or in a month's time, it's not going to matter or in a year's time, it's not going to matter because I always had the approach of whatever I was feeling, it was like it was the end of the world. And it was so, you know, my my emotions, my anxiety became like all encompassing. And if I could have known then, if someone could have told me, it's temporary, what you're going through is temporary, it's not going to last forever. That would have made such a difference. And people probably did try to tell me and I just didn't listen. But if I could tell myself something, I would say in however long time, it's not going to matter and you're going to be able to look back on it with hindsight and go wow like I did that I overcame that what would yours be I think the main one for me personally as I say has been the um I look back at myself then and I very much thought because 
I was being, I was, you know, quite successful at sixth form, both personally and academically, that if you approach it the way that I did, you'll be fine. I think if I could go back and tell myself for when I go, uh, start being relationships and forming new friendships that to be kind and to be empathetic with people because, and to listen, because not everyone is like you, not everyone has been gifted the opportunities that you have and don't find it as easy. So just because it worked for you, you know, it's not because you worked hard or you've got a great mentality. It's because that you are just in a very lucky and privileged position to be, to have that sort of comfort and mindset. And just to, when people talk to you about things that you don't struggle with, it's not to think that they are, I guess they're not doing the right things. It's just that they just need someone to listen, understand. That would be my main yeah. thing. I think I would say that I should have reached out sooner. Um, yeah. Now, having gone through what I've gone through and knowing all of my friends' experience, we're all in the same boat. We've all got our issues. Um, had we, as a group, spoken earlier about what's going on in our heads we would have been all better for it now i feel like our group is in a good place because we're so open but two years ago it wasn't like that it was only i kind of forced it if we had done that during sixth form when we had seen each other like every day at school we would we would have been all better for it especially in the time where we're all growing and developing we really could have shaped our ideas and our thoughts a lot better um, well, thank you so much for divulging into things which a lot of people don't like to talk about in a really cool and honest way. Um, thank you. Yeah.